Hello, I'm Dr. Jonathan Barker, pastor here at Amazing Grace Baptist Church in Mount Airy, North Carolina. I would like to personally thank you for taking out time today to tune in to our preaching podcast. We hope that this message will be a great encouragement to your heart today. Luke chapter number 16, Luke chapter number 16 this morning. I want to read some familiar verses in our hearing today and uh, give you a little thought out of here. I'm sure some of the things that I'll say today um, you've heard in days gone by. Um, Anytime you preach out of the same passage of Scripture, it's hard not to make reference to some of the same things. But I want to give you a little thought out of here with the help of the Lord this morning. Luke chapter number 16, let's stand in honor and reverence to the reading of God's Word. And uh, I'll read several verses to you this morning. Luke chapter number 16, verse number 19, the Bible says this. There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. The Bible said in verse number 23, And in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torment, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And besides all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father Abraham, that thou would ascend him to my father's house. For I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Abraham said unto him, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. Look back in verse number 23. The Bible said this, And in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. This morning I just want to preach a little while on the subject of hell. Father, I love you. I thank you for your blessings on my life, Father. I thank you, Lord, for the good singing thus far, God. Thank you, Lord, for the sweet presence of the Holy Spirit that's been manifested to us already today. God, I pray over the next few minutes, Lord, as we preach that you'd anoint us afresh and anew. I pray, God, that you'd breathe on us for just a little while today. I pray, God, Father, Lord, that you'd touch our throat. God, I pray, Lord, that you'd touch our thoughts today. I pray, God, that everything that comes out of my mouth, God, would be ordained by you. I pray, God, that you'd touch the hearts of the hearer today. 
I pray, God, that your word would find a lodging place deep down in their heart and their soul. God, I pray, Lord, today that if there'd be one here, God, that don't know you as their personal Savior, God, would this be the day that they make their way to bloody Calvary and get forgiveness of their sins. God, may we realize that only one life will soon be passed. God, we're not promised our next breath. And Lord, if people don't know you, God, may they run to an altar and be saved today. God, for us that saved, God, may we get a fresh look at hell this morning and where our loved ones are headed to if they don't get saved. In Jesus' name, that name that's above every name, we pray it. Amen and amen. You can be seated today. And I want to look into these verses for just a little while and preach on the subject of hell today. As I began to think about this, some would seek to deny the existence of of a place called hell. Yet God and Jesus declare that hell is a literal place. Psalms 9, 17 says this, the wicked shall be turned into hell and all nations that forget God. In our New Testament, 162 times, you'll find the subject of hell is made reference to. Of those 162 times, you'll find that 70 of those times, it was made reference to by Jesus Christ himself. When people attempt to deny the doctrine of hell, there are three basic approaches that they use. Number one, they use rationalism. There is no God, therefore there can be no hell. Charles Darwin said this, there, there is, this is a damnable doctrine, but I say according to Romans 3, 4, let God be true, but every man a liar. There's not only rationalism, there is ridicule, ridicule today. There may be a God, but it is silly to speculate about millions of disembodied souls flying in a lake of fire. Or this is the 21st century wake up. Robert Ingersoll said this, the ideal of hell was born of revenge and brutality on the one side and cowardice on the other side. I have no respect for any man who would preach it. I dislike the doctrine. I hate it. I despise it. I defy this doctrine ridicule. But I say according to Romans chapter three, verse number four, let God be true, but every man alive. So you see there's rationalism, there's ridicule, but then there is also the argument of religion when people try to deny the existence of hell. There is a God, but he is a God of love and therefore he would not and could not send anyone to hell. A theologian by the name of Burton Russell said this, I do not myself feel that any person who is really profoundly human can believe in an everlasting punishment. I must say that I think all this doctrine uh, that hellfire is punishment for sin uh, is a doctrine of cruelty. Again, I say let God be true, uh, but every man a liar. It does not matter what men may say. Uh, there is a place uh, that is called hell. And if we die lost without God, uh, that is where uh, you'll spend eternity. I thought about this. There's the position of the cults of liberalism. Christian science says hell is an era 
of the mortal mind. The Jehovah's Witness says uh, the wicked will be annihilated. The Mormons say uh, all will eventually be saved uh, and not suffer eternal punishment. The Seventh-day Adventists say God will someday uh, blot out all sin and sinners uh, and establish a clean universe once again. M uh, man may try to use religion uh, as a soapbox to deny the existence of hell. Uh, however, I say let God be true, uh, but every man a liar today. Hell is a place of punishment. Listen to what your Bible saith in Matthew 25, 41. Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, depart from me, ye cursed, uh, into everlasting fire prepared uh, for the devil and his angels. Uh, hell is a place of fire. Mark chapter number nine said, and if thy right hand offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter into life main uh, than having two hands to go into hell, uh, into the fire that never shall be quenched. Uh, hell is a place of thirst. Uh, here in our text, he cried that Father Abraham would dip the tip of his finger in water and cool his tongue. Uh, hell is a place of pain. Uh, Revelation chapter number 14, the same shall drink the cup of wine or shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation and he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels. You say preacher what is hell? It's a place of pain. I would say this hell is a place of eternal separation from God himself. 2 Thessalonians 1 verse number 8 and 9 and what does matter it's what the Bible said and not what men says. Second Thessalonians 1 verse number 8 and 9. In flaming fire taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ who shall be punished with an everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. You say preacher what are you saying today? Here is simply what I am saying to you today. There is a place called hell according to the word of God today and to deny the existence of hell is to deny the existence of heaven. Think about this with me today. We may not like to think about it but hell is a reality. If the teaching in the Bible concern, uh, concerning hell are a myth uh, then uh, and listen now then we have no real need uh, for this church. We have no real need uh, for a Bible, we have no real need for a preacher, we have no real need for a quote unquote religion at all but it is not a myth today. According to our Bible today there is a hell that burns at the center of this earth and if you reject God today you will die and go to a devil's hell. That's the word of God. That is the word of God. Again let God be true but every man a liar. This society does not like to think about it. Our society today and 
religion today wants to preach a God of love and he is a God of love. Matter of fact, he's the only God that I know of that gave his son to die for our sins. And can I just say this? He is the only God, period. Amen. He is a God of love. He does love you. That's the reason he gives you a preacher to warn you about a place called hell. That's the reason he gives you a scriptures to warn you about about a place called hell. That's the reason he gives you a choice to accept him. Is anybody hearing the preacher? A choice to accept him or deny him. And when you deny him, then you choose yourself to die and go to hell. The only people God's ever sent to hell was the devil and his angels when they rose up against God. Every human being that's ever lived that's in hell today chose in their own power and made the choice themselves uh, to deny a holy God, uh, to deny the blood of Jesus Christ, uh, to say no to Calvary and by their own choice now uh, they are in a lake of fire burning. It was not God's fault. It's man's fault. So yes, God is a God of love, but God is also a God of judgment. Let me show you three things and we'll go home. Number one this morning, hell is a place of uninterrupted consciousness. Hell is a place of uninterrupted consciousness. I thought about this when we meet the rich man. He is alive in this world. When we first meet him here, we hear about his life, how he fared sumptuously every day. In other words, he had life going on, if you want to put it that way. He was a rich man. He had everything the world had to offer. And when we meet him, he is enjoying his wealth and his power. However, in verse number 22, the story changes. And he dies in his physical body. However, his soul remains alive. Did you hear what I just said? When we're introduced to him, he's having a good time. He's going about life. But by the time the chapter is over, he is burning in a lake of fire, totally conscious of what's going on. Think about this with me. People in hell can see. Verse number 23, And in hell he lift up his eyes, he lift up his eyes. People in hell can see. People in hell can feel. What did the Bible say? He lift up his eyes. Being in a torment. Being in torment. They not only see, but they can feel. This passage, like no other in the Bible, illustrates for us the pain and suffering that exist in a place called hell. He could see, he could feel. People in hell, verse number 25. But Abraham said, son, remember. People in hell can remember today. People in hell can remember today. I wonder today what's going through the rich man's mind in hell. Let me tell you what's going through the rich man's mind in hell. Father Abraham, Father Abraham. I really believe that if we could roll back the center of the earth today, the rich man still screaming in agony in the center of the earth today, begging for one drop of water. It's a place that they can remember. Hell is a place where they can hear. Verse number 27. 
Then he said, I pray thee. How did he correspond back to him? Because he heard what Father Abraham said to him. Can I say this to you today? If you die and go to hell, you'll hear the agony. You'll not only feel the agony. You'll not only feel the pain. You'll not only see. You'll not only remember. But I say this, you'll hear the cries. I, bet, I believe if you could listen in hell today, you'd hear something like this. If I just had one more chance. If I could just hear one more preacher. If the old preacher man could just say one more time, this verse is for you. We're going to play one more verse. Sister, would you play one more verse on the piano? Brother, would you lead us in one more verse of the invitation? I believe you'd hear them crying out for their children. I believe you'd hear the rich man crying out, somebody go tell my family about God. Somebody go tell my family about God. I want you to hear me. It'll be too late to tell your family about God when you're dead. It'll be too late. I thought about this. You might wonder what all this proves. It simply proves that there is a hell. And that hell is not the end. So preacher, what do you say? What I'm simply saying is this. When you get there, time has just started. Time has just started. Matter of fact, it's eternal. An uninterrupted conscience. I thought about this. I thought a lot over the past few days about hell. Number one, I thought about this. I'm glad I'm not going. Amen. Amen. I'm glad I'm not going. You say, what if you do? I can't do nothing to send me to hell. There's absolutely nothing I can do today that'll send me to hell. The night I got saved by the grace of God, He gave me eternal life. And you say, well, preacher, you're just one of them that believes you can live your life any way you want to after you're saved. No, you, no, you can't live your life any way you want to after you're saved. You can't because you're no longer yours. You've been bought with a price. And there's a such thing as the correcting hand of God, the chastening hand of God. If you can live your life any way you want to and nothing ever happens to you, according to the Bible, we're bastards and not sons. That's exactly what the Bible says. We're not the son of God. I'm going to say this to you. When I thought about hell, I think this right here would probably, would probably be the worst thing of hell. Your mind. Your mind. Remembering. Remembering every service you set in. Remembering every message you ever heard preached. Remembering every opportunity you had to get saved and turned it away. It's a place, number one, hell is a place of uninterrupted consciousness. Number two, I would say this. Hell is a place of unanswered concerns. It's a place of unanswered concerns. This man is suddenly concerned about some things that he probably never even thought about before he got to hell. There's probably some things that He's concerned about now that he's never been concerned about before. Let me show you a couple. I think this, he's concerned now about life after death. Never before has the rich man been concerned about life after death because he never got saved. Matter of fact, I personally believe that the beggar laying outside of his gates has told him about God. I personally believe there's somebody has because he knows who Father Abraham is and he knows if somebody will go tell his family, there's a chance that somebody has told him about God. 
I thought about this. Now all of a sudden he's concerned about life after death. He may not ever have given eternity a single thought while he was alive, but now he is. Can I say something to you this morning? And I'm moving, but can I say something to you this morning? If you get concerned about life after death, after death, then it's too late. It's too late. It's too late. He was concerned about life after death. I would say this. He is concerned about repentance now. Nowhere before he was, but in verse number 24, he's now concerned about repentance. Now all of a sudden, he's concerned that others miss hell. What did he say in the closing of the chapter? He's praying for somebody to go tell his family. He's saying, somebody go reach my family. Somebody go tell my family not to come to this place called hell. This goes to the saved and the unsaved. Hear me right here. May we never wait until it's too late to tell our family about God. May we never wait until it's too late to try to reach our family with God. I would say this, number three. Hell is a place of uninterrupted consciousness. Hell is a place of unanswered concerns. He was concerned, but there was no answer for his concern. Number three. Hell is a place of unending condemnation. And I've preached all morning to get right here for just a minute. And I'm not going to stay here long. I'm about done this morning, but it's a place, think about this, of unending condemnation. Unending condemnation. Um, and we can all laugh a little bit about this. But um, I have kidney stones. Whenever you have a kidney stone, the only thing you're thinking about is relief. Somebody give me a witness right there if you've ever had one. That's what you're thinking about is relief. You're thinking about getting to the hospital. I mean, whenever you walk through the door, you've already got your arm tied up. You've already smacked your arm. Anybody with me? The law did right here, please. 15 milligrams of it. I probably wouldn't be here today, would I, Miss Nicole? But anyway, at least eight. You want some relief, man. That's what you're thinking about. And, 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 and I've not had one in a long time. I don't know if that works, the old saying, knock on wood, but... No, I had one in a long time. Okay. But when I have, I've took stuff at home and very few times has that ever helped. Usually I get to the hospital and they have to give me something and, and my track record is usually you're having surgery. Anyway, I know on the way to the hospital, Brother Matt, if we can just get to the hospital, if we can just get to the hospital... I remember the first time Leslie ever took me to the hospital with one. I thought I was dying. I mean, it was the end of the world. I, I, I mean, Peter, James, and John had already got in the vehicle with us. And we was coming up 77. It's when we still lived in East Bend. We was coming up 77. The speed limit was 70 and Leslie was running 65. And I said, what are you doing? She said, I'm afraid I hit a bump and it'll jar you. I said, it's not going to hurt me no worse. Please go to the hospital. Are you with me? And when you get to the hospital, they get you checked in, Brother Brian. They get you back there in that room. They ask you 47 questions. They finally get an IV in your arm. 
And I have found this out. This always works. Here's just a hint for you with kidney stones. If you go in and say you're having a kidney stone and they're kindly dragging their legs, go, oh, my chest is hurting. I think I'm having a heart. They'll get you back quick. <laughs> They'll get you back quicker. It's just a fact. I know. You say, why? Because I do it. <laughs> that will always get you in quicker. <laughs> Brother Brian's going, why are you telling everybody this? They get you back there, you're dying, you're beating the wall, and they push that in your arm. And you know in the backside of your mind, relief is on the way. In just a minute, I'm going to be feeling good. I'm not going to be worrying about nothing. Can I say something to you today? When you think about hell, it's not like that. It's a place of unending condemnation. There'll be no more chances. There'll be no more changes. There'll be no more opportunities. Just forever. It'll be eternal condemnation. Eternal pain. Eternal separation. Not just from the ones that you love that are saved, but from God. It's a place, can I just say it real plain, that you don't want to go. And here's what blows my mind. Why does people gamble with eternity? Why does people gamble with eternity? Why, why do we... One thing is this. This is the big thing. Come start playing softly. This is the big thing. Pride. There's no doubt in my mind that there's some people in this room this morning that if you died, you know in the backside of your mind you've never been saved. You know that. But because of your pride, because of your pride, you may end up dying and going to a place called hell. Are you saved today? When I ask that question, let me put it this way. Let me just ask it this way. Because everybody in Surrey County is saved. So let me ask it this way. If you died right now, and you close your eyes in death right now, where are you going to open your eyes at? Where are you going to open your eyes at? Heaven or hell? It's the only choice. There is no none of the above. It's A, heaven, B, hell. There is nothing else. There is nothing else. And yet, when we talk about hell, we talk about the exist, we'll just laugh about it, use it as a slang word. I'm going to tell you something. When you open your eyes in hell one day, you'll wish you to listen to the preacher. I'm not being arrogant. And I don't mean to be that way if it sounds that way. But I'm right. Based on that book, I'm right. And if you die and go to hell, 
think about that. Unending condemnation. Unending condemnation. Never holding your children again. Your children may be there. But I promise you, you won't be holding them. Hell this morning. What in hell is there to go for? What is there? I'll never forget. And I've given this illustration before, but I want to give it in closing today. I'll never forget. I was working with Rock of Ages Prison Ministries. And if I'm not mistaken, we was at Angola in Louisiana. I walked in and this gentleman began to talk to me. I went with just 22, 23 years old at the time. This gentleman began to talk to me. He asked me, he said, what are you doing here? And I said, well, I just come to tell you Jesus loves you. Come to tell you Jesus cares for you. He said, well, where are you from? I said, I'm from a little place called East Bend, North Carolina. He said, I've never heard of it. And I said, I didn't figure you had. <laughs> East Bend's just about smaller than Low Gap if you've never been there. And he said, well, why did you come today? I said, sir, I come to tell you about the Lord. I come to tell you there's a God that loves you. He's a God that cares, but there's a God that'll save you if you'd let him, if you're not. And he said, oh, he said, that Bible and heaven and hell, he said, all that's just a myth. He said, all of that, it's just, it's just not even so. And he said, boy, he said, you're missing out on a lot of things in life. He said, you're missing out on a lot of things. I asked him, I said, what am I missing out on? He said, at your age, he said, you're missing out on partying. You're missing out on living a sexual lifestyle with multiple people. And he just went on and on and on. And I listened to him. And I let him get done. He told me everything that I was missing out on, Brother Adam. I looked at him and I said, no, horse. I said, you're the one that's missing out. I said, you're the one that's missing out. I said, because this morning I woke up. I remembered everything that I'd done yesterday. I remembered every individual that I talked to yesterday. I remembered everything that I said yesterday. I said, I didn't have to worry about me acting foolish because I was drunk or high on something. And it's sending me to jail or sending me to prison. And so I don't have to worry about that. I said, I don't have to walk around wondering who's watching me, what's going on around me. I said, no, I said, I'm all right. I'm all right. I said, so you're telling me you're going to hell. And he said, no, I'm not going nowhere. I'm going back to the ground. And I said, well, how do you get that? He said, dust is where we came from. Dust is where I went back to. Where we're going to go back to. And I said, dummy, that come out the Bible. You not realize that? That come out the Bible. Oh. I said, so now where are you going back to? Well, I guess we're going, well, how do you know that? Well, it's just what people do. And we talked back and forth and laughed. It was a good conversation. And this is the way I left the conversation before I walked off from it. I looked at him and I said, you know what, sir? I said, if you're right, 
and I'm wrong. I said, no, you're not. But if you are right and I'm wrong, then I have nothing to worry about. I said, I don't have one thing to worry about. I said, I'm still living the greatest life I can ever live. I said, you're sitting in here. And I said, I'm fixing to get out and go meet my wife and go eat lunch or eat supper here in just a little while. I said, I got a beautiful wife and a little girl and I'm fixing to go meet them and we're going to go eat supper. I said, so really, do you really want to talk about who's got the best life now? He's kind of hung his head down. I said, but I still have nothing to worry about. I still have the greatest life. I wouldn't choose it no other way. And I looked at him and I said, but if I'm right, and you're wrong. You got hell to worry about. And I want you to hear me this morning. If you're sitting here and you're thinking in the back of your mind, I wonder if all this is really right or not. Well, you know what? If you're right and I'm wrong, I have nothing to worry about. But if I'm right and you're wrong, you've got hell to worry about. And why you think in the back of your mind, well, I'm going to live it up, I'm going to have a good time, and then the day's going to come that I'm going to get saved. We're not promised our next breath. We're not, is anybody here in the preacher? We're not promised our next breath. We're not promised that. Sure, every one of us has plans for this afternoon, but how do we know that we're going to fulfill them? We don't. We don't. So I ask you in closing, are you saved? If you died today, would you go to heaven? And if not, what keeps you from getting saved? What keeps you from getting saved? I got a text message the other day or a message on Facebook. And here's what it said. It said, I just want to thank you for preaching. This lady had visited our church a few times. And she said, my husband and I has found a church that we're going to now. She said, but every service I listen to, every service. And she said, tomorrow, it was a Saturday, she said, tomorrow I'll be getting baptized. And just a few weeks ago, I got saved. And here's what she said. It was by far the greatest decision that I ever made in my life. She had made some bad decisions and we've all, somebody say amen. She said, it's the greatest thing I've ever done. She said, I wish I'd have done it so many years ago. I've never regret, I've never met nobody that's saved and serving God that goes, I hate this life. I've never met the first one. But I sure have met a lot that said, you know what, I wish I'd have got saved earlier. I wish I'd have gotten church before I did. I wish I'd have sold out to serve God earlier in my life. Hail this morning.